Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Tim Ray from the Relevant Radio app. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. What do you think about the latest news with regard to aliens? You know, it's interesting. It seems as if every couple months we have a new dose, really every six months or so, a new dose of this conversation about unidentified objects and aliens. I'd be interested to hear what you think about it. Would it shake your Catholic faith if there were such a thing as aliens? If they were sentient beings? We'll talk about that a little later on. Do you think that they were not necessarily aliens, but that aliens are demonic? Do you think it's all a farce? I would love to hear from you. We're going to talk about that a little later on during the show. I was driving the other day, and in the midst of many rather scandalous advertisements in Southern California when you pass by billboards, one caught my eye the other day that I was rather intrigued by that had me cracking up. It says, is your wife hot? Let her know. Show her you mean it call they give the number call this number to fix your plumbing heating and ac and i thought that was a refreshing and funny ad because if you live in southern california there are a whole lot of other ads you you see but this one was uh, for plumbing heating and ac if you're is your wife hot let her know sure you mean it by giving a call to this number to fix your plumbing heating and ac and it made me think about a lot of things everything from a wife's desire for home to be operating well to a husband providing for a husband for a wife's comfort to even the whole topics of competence when it comes to fixing things around the house. So joining me today to talk about all this will be Devin Shatt in just a few minutes here. And we're going to talk about a man's role in meeting the needs at home and a man's need to feel competent and even talking about basic skills around the home, ones that you should have. How do you know when it's time to call for help? What projects should you or should you not take on? I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. The number is 888-914-914. 9149. It was funny when I started to look up this ad. Apparently, it's pretty common and has been for years. There even been lawsuits over this ad. Is your wife hot? Let her know. Lawsuits for a number of different reasons. But one of the funny stories that I got a kick out of was in South Florida back in 2010. There was a billboard that read, your wife is hot. Better get your AC fixed. So then the competitor, the competing AC group, put up their own billboard and there said your wife is not hot because you called all your cooling rather than the other guys and there was actually a lawsuit over these terms on the billboards it was really interesting a lot of ink has actually been spilled over the year on everything from lawsuits to just topics people saying what did they mean in that ad all it said was is your wife hot and then gave the number for ac i think we can all see the play on words i thought it was pretty funny uh, to see all of this the picture of a billboard one of these types of billboards is on social media for you to check out because I do think it's an interesting ad and it 
really makes room for a lot of conversation. So to dive into that, I want to talk about a man's role in meeting the needs at home. And that means the needs of his wife as well. And a man's need to feel competent. Joining me now on Trending is Devin Shat. He's the founder of the Fathers of St. Joseph, as well as an author writing countless books, including a book talking about why we do what we do. Devin, welcome back to Trending. Hey, thanks for having me on. As I was looking at this billboard, it really made me think about how often there's this desire within the home to keep things running, to keep things working. And there can be a lot of controversy sometimes between spouses over this whole idea that husbands play fix it at work, but don't always play necessarily fix it at home. And I know that that can be kind of a punch for a lot of couples, a point of contention. But I also think when I saw this ad that it was a helpful reminder there's so many things on our plate. Sometimes it's just one more thing to add to the docket in the whole scheme of life. But at the same time, it's a matter of providing for the comfort of your family often and finding that balance of what are those needs that need to be met within the home. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember uh, heading into Chicago to O'Hare Airport and that billboard, your wife is hot, was all over the place. And I thought, how did they know? You know, well, that my wife need her AC fixed, you know, so, but, but I think the the point uh, with all this, like you're saying, is the identification of what your wife wants. And as men, we're wiped out sometimes with work. But what's really going on here is I think we need to identify what really matters. Marriage is the number one relationship. It's even before our children and our work, our occupation is at the service of our vocation, particularly being husbands. So it's important that we get this right, that we as men, we recognize that women, they long for protection. They long for comfort. They long for provision. And this is all very, very biblical. I mean, you've got Jesus saying, I am with you always. That's his words to the church. That's an offer of security. It's a words of security and certainty, and we're to be like Christ in that. We're to till and keep the garden. Therefore, we're called to be providers, and we're called to protect. And that Hebrew word, as we've talked about before, when God gave the commands to till and keep the garden, that Hebrew word for to keep is protect, which is shamar. So this is all biblical, but I think like it really comes down to what do our wives really want? And I think that the temporal wants— of our wives for comfort, for provision, for pr protection, all of that is a gateway into her heart. And I think that that would be a great place to begin with this conversation because what we're really tapping into is what does a woman, what does a wife really want? Mm. And isn't that interesting where we talk about wants versus needs as well and touching on mm. that desire, like what is behind that want? What fits the needs? So let's talk about it a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of wants. I mean, there's multiple infinite amount of wants, but I think what we're talking about here is when our wife, at least what, what I've understood from a lot of husbands and wives, their relationships and just talking with them, especially my own, is that the wife may have wants, but underneath those wants, some of them are very temporal. Um, there are authentic needs. Okay. So what I'm getting at is that she may, she may want something fixed. She may have a honeydew list. But deep down, she has deeper needs. She wants to be listened to. She wants mm -hmm. someone to be compassionate. She wants somebody to make her the most important person in his world. And I think this is really telling. I think 
men oftentimes were accused of wanting or being reduced to wanting physical intimacy. And, and that is an authentic need of ours. But I think for women, the need for emotional intimacy and emotional security is so huge. And the Song of Songs, as I recall, I think it's chapter five, somewhere in there where the beloved, she has lost the lover, the, 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 the man of her dreams, the object of her desire. And the, the choir, they, they ask her, they say, can you describe him? And she, she goes through this huge litany of all of his attributes. And they, she starts from top to bottom, physical. But at the end of the litany, she says something really intriguing. She says, and he is my friend. And I really think that when we get to the bottom of this, when a wife feels that we're ignoring her temporal needs, whether it's like to get the garage door open or fixed or to remodel that bathroom or to whatever it is, really what she's saying is, is I want a real friend. I want somebody who really cares and makes me number one in their life. So that's why I think the temporal needs or the temporal wants is sometimes our needs, but they're a gateway to more fundamental needs that she really, really desires. And I think deep down <clears throat> fundamentally, and if you're just joining us, you're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. That's a Devin Shat from the Fathers of St. Joseph. Uh, Devin, I think deep down inside what women desire uh, is to know through action, through closeness, through time, uh, that they're cherished, prioritized, and chosen. And I think mm. in a culture of severe distraction, and disorientation, that it's sometimes hard for women to experience that within society in general, but from the men in their lives, especially the men who matter most, sometimes it's a father. Uh, it could be the person they're married to, maybe someone they're dating. But that need is, I think, so deeply uh, ingrained in women to be cherished, prioritized, and chosen that at the end of the day that we know that is what God's role is. And yet I think we are searching a certain respect for the love of God in the men who should and must validate us in our lives. Oh yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, and in fact, I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. We're called to be that icon of Jesus Christ to our wives, because if we don't love our wives as Christ does, who will? And we don't want somebody else loving her in that way. But I think that's really powerful being cherished, prioritized, and chosen because you, you look around, there are a lot of guys. I mean, I'm talking about stay at home moms here, but there are a lot of men who provide financially big houses, you know, beautiful cars, all of that. But there's, but their marriage is struggling. There's something missing. What is it? She's provided for. She's even protected, but what's going on? And I think those three things that you mentioned are huge, to be cherished, to be prioritized, and be chosen. So how do we do that? I, I, I think that would be a big question. Like as men, like how do we really cherish, prioritize, and choose our wives so that they know this, so they know that they are number one in our lives because that's what Adam's call was supposed to do. Woman is the pinnacle of creation and he was supposed to cherish her. He was supposed to prioritize her. He was supposed to choose her. So how do we do that? And I think <clears throat> I've got this little acronym. It's kind of silly, but I call it LAF, L-A-F. And first, as men, we need to listen to identify our wife's needs. We really need to learn to listen to her. Even in the nagging and the griping, she's really saying something and she's asking for something. And often if we listen well enough, not just here, but we listen well enough, it may be us. It may be you as husband that she's wanting, but it demands us moving beyond our selfish microcosm 
and counting her as better of ourselves. And, you know, the whole adage, Jesus, I did not come to be served, but to serve. So the first one is we really need to listen to her to identify her needs. She's talking all the time about things that she wants, things that she needs. But generally, I think as men, we're worn out. There's a lot of pressure on us and we tune her out, especially after years of marriage. And we really need to be on alert so that we can find out really what she's asking for, what she's really telling us. Um, So then that leads to the second one, which is A, which is a little goes a long way. So choose the chore, you know, choose it. It doesn't have to be big, you know, find out what it is, whatever it is, and then research it, get advice. If you have to call friends, but make it a goal to get it done. Almost everything has a solution one way or another. I mean, just recently we had a refrigerator go out in our basement and we've got a wedding coming up for our daughter and we're trying to store stuff in there. And, and so my wife wants to go shopping for refrigerators. We're at three or different, four different stores all around. And after we get done, she says, Hey, let's try to fix it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So take off the back panel and, you know, clean out all these release valves. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm researching it. And wouldn't you know, uh, defrost it and it works. So Mm. I got lucky, but, but the point is, you know, a little goes a long way. I mean, she sees me trying. She sees me to trying to address that need. And when she sees this, and this is the key, she begins to trust that I prioritize her, like you're saying, mm-hmm. that I'm choosing her. And then she is far more willing to not only open up and share her feelings, but she's willing to share herself, which is really big. So listen to identify your wife's needs. A little goes a long way. So choose your chore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be big. But then the last one is forget about it. And this is a big deal. Just forget about it. So like after you do it, don't boast over it. Don't point it out and say, (laughs) hey, baby, look what I did and flex your pecs and your biceps. And no, let her find out. You know, in the movies, you know, the real men, they don't kill a guy for their wife and say, hey, look at that. I just killed that guy. What do you know? You know, they just move on. And so we need to move on and don't boast over it and forget about it. But I think it's important later on too, because a lot of times we feel slighted in marriage or we're not getting what we want out of the marriage. And then we can at times bring those things back up as marital bargaining or or to guilt the other. And my advice is never, ever, ever, ever do that because the good that you will have done will will actually negate it negates the good that you've done and it will actually betray the very active service you did so then she won't trust you in the future when you're doing something kind for her she won't trust you and that trust is what actually opens her up to sharing herself more and more so that the two of you can actually be firing all pistons and laugh enjoy life that's the whole idea laugh a little bit Mm -hmm. trust each other a little bit and get down to what what really matters about marriage. It's not fixing the fridge or building right. the garden or fixing the car, but it's about all of this stuff of sharing one another and being with one another till death do us part. I appreciate this acronym of laugh. Again, listen to identify her needs. A, a little goes a long way. And F, forget about it. And even the F of forgetting about it makes me laugh. Like don't boast, go, don't focus in on it. I do appreciate though, because I think men are more task oriented than women in terms of, okay, look, I did it. Great. You know, this idea of like, great, good job. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's part of just who men are. But I do appreciate that you're saying like, hey, don't make it be the event of the year uh, that when maybe, you know, mom and wife has been 
mopping while doing a phone call. You know, I was laughing. I was the girls were asleep. I was mopping and doing a work meeting at the same time. You know, this is just how life runs. And you know, I, I'm here. Sure, I guess you could say bragging about, it, but I'm giving that example of sometimes you know things don't always get said by women. Sometimes we want that attention, but sometimes I think it can be frustrating, right? Because it's brought up on the other side, like, hey, I fixed the leaky faucet that's been leaking for six months, and you know there can be that frustration, like, okay, let me clap here. And so I think that forget about it comment. It's legitimate, Devin. Uh, it is. <laughs> we well, love it because it's I, real. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's it's why do we flex our pecs and our biceps after we want we want the applause? Is because deep down the guy his authentic need is respect. He wants mm. so badly to be respected and he may not get that at work and he might not be getting that from the kids. And, and so then he does something where he's got this minor victory and he's like, okay, I did it and I want the world to know about it. And I think though, for me personally, the more I've moved away from seeking that applause and just moving on, it's amazing because I, I'm, I've been able to give it to God, but then on the, on the kind of the flip side of that, my wife is like, she takes notice and mm. then she, she, she thanks me. And I, and I think that if I was to like, kind of not shove it in her face, but like, Hey, see what I did for you kind of thing. I don't think she would be as grateful. Um, mm. And so I think that, you know, Jesus says, what is hidden will be revealed. We need to take him at his word. He's not just talking about our sins. He's talking about our good deeds as well. And as men, one of the things that we want to do to get respect is we want to put those good deeds on show on stage so everybody can applaud and say, hey, you're the greatest. But really, at the end of the day, what we really need to be doing is, God, I give this to you. And at the end of the day, I can't transform water into wine. So I'm giving this work to you to do that, to, to turn okay. this, if you will, into grace for my marriage and my family and for others. And when we do that, it's going to be revealed regardless. God mm -hmm. is going to make it known eventually. So forget about it, you know? <laughs> I love it. And I'm glad you mentioned, Devin, that deep need for respect that men need. And you mentioned sometimes men aren't receiving at work, but I think there's a bigger problem in that often men are receiving this compliment and this accolade uh, for the work that's being done. And then they get home and they do something and the accolade can be missing, whether it's gratitude for provisions, whether it's the gratitude for going to work each day or the gratitude for things that are done around the house. And so that component of respect, even if he's looking for it, doesn't mean we fail to give it because it was desired, either way it needs to be given, right? That respect, that appreciation, that culture of gratitude that I think sometimes we've lost, you know, even just those words that, that I see, especially, you know, children who are now adults now, they don't know how to say thank you. You know, those are mm -hmm. common and very respectful things that still need to occur within marriage. That's super powerful. You're going down a road that we could talk about at length, but I love the idea of receiving the accolades at work, but not at home, because this is where why guys dive into work and work yes. becomes the mistress. You know, mm -hmm. it's the mistress that we're cheating on our wife with. We're, oh, I have so much to do at work and I don't come home for dinner or whatever it is. Um, yeah, honey, I've got to work because I feel this validation, this affirmation by my coworkers, by my employers, whereas at home, the reason I don't, and, and we really need to get this into our mind and even into our soul, why is it that our wives and our children don't validate and affirm us as much? Well, it's very natural, but I think that it's because they know us. And, and I know this is difficult, but <clears throat> we're walking on sacred ground here. But the fact is, is that our wives and our children 
they know us better than anyone else. So they know our insecurities, they know our failings, they know where we blow it. And so they're not gonna be as forthcoming with those compliments and that affirmation, that validation, because they also know the other side, right? Whereas work, we can mask a lot of that and our works kind of ends up being the thing that speaks for us and, and it ends up being equated with us. But does that let mom and the kids off the hook to validate and affirm and thank dad? No way. But mm -hmm. it's just part of reality is that they really actually know him, which so that when that validation, that affirmation, that Thanksgiving does come, whoa, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. That's Devin Schatt from the Fathers of St. Joseph. We are going to continue the conversation with Devin. We'll talk about a man's need to feel competent, when to call a lifeline for figuring out how to fix something, basic skills to have around the house, and much more. You can find Devin, his books, and his website, fathersofstjoseph.org. That's fathersofstjoseph.org. We'll post a link in the episode notes as well as on social media. I'll be right back. If you want to join the conversation, the number is 888-914-9149. Today's programming is sponsored by Colby Academy, offering a customized Catholic curriculum. Colby Academy knows the ultimate goal of education is to help our children be saints. More info at relevantradio.com slash Colby. Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Call Timory at 1-888-914-9149. Here's your host, Timory. Gentlemen's Hour here on Trending. I was driving down the freeway here in Southern California a few days ago, and the temperature's starting to get a little elevated, a little delayed this year, especially for Southern California. But this ad on the side of the road sparked a lot of thoughts on my end. It said, is your wife hot? Let her know. Sure you mean it. Call this number to fix your plumbing, heating, and AC. And I got a huge kick out of this ad. I started to look it up online and lo and behold, it's actually been the topic of many articles, even lawsuits, ads such as this. Maybe you've heard something along these lines saying, your wife is hot. Call this number to fix your AC. A great play on words. And we were talking about a man's role in meeting needs at home, especially of his wife earlier here on the show with Devin Shat. Now we're going to dive into the topic of a man's need to feel competent. Now, there are so many things to be worked on around the house. We just bought our second home over the last year, and there's always something to work on. That list is always growing in some things you have skills for, some things you could think you can develop skills for, and some things just take a really, really long time to fix and are just left by the wayside. And so we're going to talk about this. What skills should you have that you're able to engage in in the home? How do you know when it's time to call for help? What should you and should you not take on for a project? We're going to talk about that here in a minute. If you'd like to weigh in on the conversation, the number is 888-914-9149. Nick from Leesville, Louisiana is on the line. Nick, welcome to Trending. What's your question or comment? Hello, Tim Marie. Uh, it's the first time I called on your show, but I really enjoy uh, listening to you on the evenings that you had come on. Thanks for um, calling. No, yes, ma'am. My comment was uh, about <laughs> my wife and I. God bless me with a great woman and a great wife. And the conversation my wife and I 
special at the beginning of our marriage is that there's no mind readers. So we make it a point uh, to each other to make sure that we are very clear with what is what we are thinking. And if we are too frustrated or too emotional at the time for a conversation, then we agree to come back at a time when we have both kind of calmed down. That way we can communicate what we were thinking at the time very clearly, and we don't expect each other to read each other's minds. So I agree with everything the gentleman was saying about trying to listen uh, to maybe the underlying message that goes on, but I'll be the first to admit that guys are kind of slow sometimes <laughs> with all that. <laughs> so I appreciate to, uh, this. Yeah. Yeah, yes, ma'am. I mean, I just try to ask my wife to please just be clear with me because I am slow when it comes <laughs> to trying to pick it up on the underlying messages. But that was the only comment I had. And Nick, you know, I really appreciate that comment. You know, you don't have to insult yourself, but I think women and men pick up on things differently. We think about things in different ways. My husband and I even had a disagreement about things being taken care of in the kitchen last night. And I had to have one of those moments where I just like smacked my head into my hand going, girl brain, boy brain, they're different. And we love them for that. But we also hate those moments because it can be difficult. So I love that you said, like, please just tell me clearly, I can't read your mind. And I think that both sides, men and women, can sometimes hope and wish that the or think, should I say, that the other person understands, you know, what cleaning the kitchen means to one person might mean something totally different to another. And I think that clear communication doesn't just need to happen at the beginning of marriage, but we continuously need to make sure we're not trying to expect the other person to read our mind or vice versa, because these are very challenging things to navigate from AC to plumbing, you name it, and we've got to navigate. So Nick, thank you so much for calling and thanks for listening to the show. First time call here. Devin Shout is joining you from the Fathers of St. Joseph. You can find them at fathersofstjoseph.org. He's the founder of the Fathers of St. Joseph and the author of countless books, one including Why We Do What We Do. Excellent books. I highly recommend them. I was just talking to my producer with the other day. He was mentioning that he picked up a couple and gave them to his brother, who's a new husband and a father. So excellent resources there at fathersofstjoseph.org. Devin, let's talk about a man's need to feel competent. When I was looking at this billboard, it said, and again, if you're just joining us, is your wife hot? Let her know. Show her you mean it. Call this number to fix your plumbing, heating, and AC. I was laughing because on one end of the spectrum, part of what was going on in my head was thinking, yeah, sometimes there's that task in the house that needs to be taken care of. Maybe you have a little competence in it. Maybe you have none. Maybe you want to try and learn. And I think that there's this tug and pull for many men who want to be perhaps more competent and own the task. And so, you know, it gets pushed by the way side over and over again because they're thinking I'm going to take care of it but in the back of their mind there's also this kind of feeling of inadequacy of I don't know how to do it and so it just kind of sits there and festers longer than it should at times what are your thoughts yeah absolutely I mean I'm probably the worst guy to talk to about this I mean we moved into our house six years ago and my wife came over like two days later because I was loading in the boxes and I had gutted it. I literally had gutted, like took out like five walls and she was shocked. So I'm the wrong guy. And then I got, you know, knee deep in it and, uh, and I went a little bit too far. But I think the thing that I recognized in that was I really put my wife through a lot. In fact, we've had, I've had cancer. We've had a special needs child. She almost died several times on life support, all this. And we were talking out on the porch after things had settled down, the house was, almost done. 
And she said, you know, the stre- most stressful time in my life was not when you had cancer, not when Anna Marie was dying, none of that. It was when you decided to gut the house, you know, because what happened was <laughs> I became overwhelmed and then I became a big pouty baby. And I love this though. My friend who is my son-in-law's dad, really good friend of mine. We were friends before um, he married my, my, his son married my daughter, but I was complaining to him about this mess I got myself into. And he said, Devin, it's time to put the big boy pants on. And ooh, that was like, what? That, that just like, it stung, but I knew it was the truth. And so I was like, okay, I was, how do I do that? And this is where the competence led to confidence. So what I did was I evaluated all the things that I needed to get done. And I decided rather than looking at the totality of them, I would choose just one and I would begin right there. And I would do as much as I could do myself with the research, doing you know the research, even calling in friends if I had to, but working on it with them. And then I get to the point if I really needed to call in a subcontractor, I would. And it was amazing with that approach, just starting small, working through it how fast things started to get done. And it actually gave me a lot of competence, but also confidence, the security, the peace started to build back in. But I think that the key here is though, that in that process, there were times that I definitely called out for help. I mean, when you're standing in two feet of water in your basement because your plumbing job went bad, it's time to call for help, right? And so there were times where I definitely called for help. But what, I, what happened in this situation, I realized great friends, these guys that, I know they're great. And I think guys want to show other guys that they know what they're doing. I've got a couple of guys like that who are very skilled in electrical, plumbing, you know, carpentry, and they love to teach. And this is a great opportunity for a lot of us guys who are not raised by our dads in these areas to be competent, to learn from our friends. And I think the problem in our society right now, though, I know I'm talking a lot, but one of the things that's breed this problem, because insecurity is bred in isolation. Mm. Insecurity breeds in isolation. It's like mold. Mold, if it remains in the dark, it spreads. Insecurity, if it remains in isolation, it, it spreads. And it grows into inferiority complexes. And so what do we got to do as men? We've got to expose the mold, so to speak. We've got to expose our weakness and call out to guys for help. And I think... The, the breakdown of the societal church, you know, has really done damage to these guys. So we need to be in small groups. We need to be involved in our church. We need to get around these guys and, and, and lean on them to teach us, and they will, how to be competent, and that will lead to the confidence. But I think more than anything personally for me, um, and this is the spiritual side, when I'm in the middle of a project or something, I'm praying to St. Joseph. And I'm asking him, and I know a lot of people have like rolling their eyes going, oh, give me a break. You know, you're just, no, I'm telling you what, uh, I pray to St. Joseph and it's like miracles happen. Like it is amazing. Like the stuff that's accomplished with his help and his uh, intercession. So anyway, insecurity breeds in isolation. So the best way for us to grow in competence is really to get with our guy friends and maybe even some girlfriends and learn from others, you know, learn, learn what we need to do. There's so much I want to unpack in what you just said. That's a Devin shot from the Fathers of St. Joseph here on Trending with Timory. Uh, first, touching on just that St. Joseph component, my husband shares with me all the times there are moments where he's in the thick of something and 
man, I didn't know at a certain point, you know, how he's going to get out of it. He'll share. And I just kept praying to St. Joseph, okay, help me to finish figuring this out. And, you know, sometimes as men, when you take on certain projects, they can become dangerous too, out of nowhere, right? I was thinking about a story of my dad who has been rebuilding. Uh, and my dad's one of those jack of all trades. He can do a lot of different things. And he was helping to rebuild uh, an apartment for my grandmother. And when he was doing it, he had this huge beam that he was trying to put in across the entire apartment. And he thought and he decided that he was going to take this beam by himself, carry it in, level it up. He had it hanging from different things. I'm just thinking that sounds extremely dangerous. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking maybe you should have called someone at least let us know you were trying to do this as, you know, there's this giant beam that could have knocked him out. Uh, and so I think there are a lot of those moments, right? You know, turning to St. Joseph as your, whether you're competent in something or not. But I want to come back on another number of things you touched on. One where you mentioned calling on other men within the community. You know, you never know when it could be a family member, a friend, a lonely individual at church who has competence in a certain area where you're truly, you know, blessing and engaging with each other by reaching out and asking for help on skills where someone might not otherwise have someone to work alongside with uh, and, you know, engage in that way. And men learn side by side, not facing each other. That's how men learn and communicate versus women tend to communicate face to face and making eye contact. But Devin, I did want to ask, I know this is a little bit of a side tangent, but you were mentioning you know, a lot of men didn't grow up with fathers to pass on a lot of skills, but I also find that many young men today who have grown up with fathers did not have a lot of the skill sets passed down to them. You know, we have you know generations before us where there was a lot of competence in many areas, especially if you look at you know the boomer generation and prior. There's competence in mechanics. There's competence in plumbing. There's competence in electrical, and I could go down this whole. But what I hear often is I'll hear criticism from often the boomer generation of, oh, you know, my kid doesn't know how to do this. My kid doesn't know how to do that. And there's a lot of shaming of fathers toward their sons today. But what I see firsthand often is that the skills weren't passed down. And I'll say, well, did you pass on that skill? You know, well, he didn't find any interest in, you know, trying it out. Well, did you invite him? Did you tell him, try, you know, here, come and swing the hammer. You're going to do this. Instead, it was always maybe just an invitation or there's often at the end of the day, Devin, this comment, well, I want him to get good grades. I wanted him to have a good education. And yet, Devin, I'm hearing these young men who feel incompetent. They're struggling with inferiority complex, as you mentioned, feeling inadequate. And I think it was because dads thought or think they're doing the best by just saying get the good grades focus there but these boys want to be hands-on and they don't and they're hurting later because of it yeah absolutely a hundred percent so um love my dad my dad's an incredible man my dad grew up on a farm he and his brother i mean and my grandpa was a man's man i mean his father died when he was just a little boy and he he managed that farm of his mother's and he learned to become a man at a very early age. And, <clears throat> and so my dad was raised in that environment, but my dad, when he, you know, he went, his father, my grandpa said, you got to go to college, got to go to college, you know, get out of this basically. And my dad did. And my dad got that college degree and then got a desk job and sales job. And so in that, my dad wanted what was best for us, at least what he thought. So, go to school, get that education, you know, develop that higher level of learning, et cetera. And we did at some level. But I think that in the process of all that took place in the 80s and the 90s, dads worked hard. 
dads worked late nights. A lot of them were not blue collar dads. That's when the whole service industry and the sales industry in America was just taking form and booming. And so then you've got a lot of us who are products of that. Like I remember going over to my parents' house, like maybe like four or five years ago. And I, my dad was in the basement. I went down and, and there was drywall hanging up with some mud tape. And I'm like, Hey, so who came over and did your drywall? And my dad's like, I did. And I'm like, what? You do that? You know, I had no idea that my dad could do that, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, and, but there was like this sad part of me, like, oh my gosh, I could have learned that. And I, back to your word about my kid doesn't know that, you know, kind of belittling the kid, you know? And There's a lot of yeah, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate that because mm-hmm. really, you know what, you know what sons long for more than anything? They long to be chosen desired and delighted in by their fathers that respect thing it moves south it moves from father to son so the son wants to feel the respect if you will from his father to know that he's got what it takes and i don't care if the son is pouting and acts like he doesn't want to be around with dad he does deep down he wants to be around Mm -hmm. yeah and then when the dad says on that job if a dad can stay in control of his emotions and not say just give me that let me do it but if he can say, good job, thanks for doing it, you know, whatever, they partner up. I love Jesus and Joseph in, the, in the, that workshop in Nazareth. They, they literally together, they crafted the cross of self-giving love. Joseph, by means of this temporal work, was preparing Jesus for his ultimate sacrifice. And Jesus, through that temporal work, was preparing Joseph to let go, to make his sacrifice. And I think when a father and son work together, they're preparing each other. This mm-hmm. father's preparing the son so that he can become a sacrifice of his own. And the son, in a sense, is preparing the father to, so that one day he can let go and not have to do it all for him. And this is so important. So I think that dads, it's never too late. Like even if you're a grandpa— Mm-hmm. Go back to your son, but the way to do it is go through the grandkids and say, hey, I wanted to help out on that project, you know, at home, you know, with the grandkids. But then you bring your son into that so that he can learn those things even now, even later on in life. And that's I back to what you were saying about men working together. It They learn side by side. It goes so deep because I just know from my personal experience, the conversations that take place while working side by side are unlike most conversations that men have because the men begin to open up, go deep, talk about their situation or, or their aspirations. And then you get to the faith and that's where things get real. And so that's how the temporal becomes a gateway. Like I said earlier to the spiritual, like with our wives. So this is so important. Dads and sons working together, that can become a gateway to go spiritual, Mm -hmm. you know, friends working with friends that can be a gateway that goes spiritual because we know at the end of the day, the temporal has to give way to the spiritual. The spiritual has ontological priority. That's what matters. And that's where God wants us to go. So the practical leads the theological. And so, yeah, working with dad and dad with son is so important so that we can get this show back on the road. Amen. You know, we're getting a lot of feedback on this. I know we changed course and we'll we'll bring it back in a minute here, but I'm intrigued by a lot of the comments being made. What one person shared, yeah, you know, my dad, you know, graduated high school and my dad's out there laying the turf and working on different things in the backyard and he's waving his arm at me like, oh, he's ungrateful. He never offers to pitch it and lend a hand. And yet I was never asked to. Uh, Another young man sharing Mm -hmm. now, you know, I think my dad didn't have the patience for me uh, to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't teach me 
Another said, hey, are you looking for a show of hands? Because mine is up. This is my experience with my dad. And I'm talking to millennials who are saying this right now. Like, I don't have the skills. And it's a gap to be bridged. But again, it causes this this crisis of feeling competent. So let's talk a little hands-on. I want to come yeah. back with you, Devin. And we'll talk about some skills that can be practiced and learned to have handy around the house. And also having an idea when you need to know that it's time to call in for help. That's Devin Schatt from the Fathers of St. Joseph. Number is 888-914-9149. Today, we'd like to thank Stella, who's listening in California, for donating her Oldsmobile. Join thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles by visiting relevantradio.com slash car today. Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Trending. Joining me today on the show is Devin Schaap from the Fathers of St. Joseph. It's Gentleman's Hour. If you have a question, number is 888-914-9149. been laughing, talking about this ad that sparked a lot of conversation this hour. Maybe you've seen something like it. I was driving on the freeway the other day. It's getting a little hot here in Southern California. And the billboard said this. Is your wife hot? Let her know. Show her you mean it. Call this number to fix your plumbing, heating, or AC. And so we've been talking about a man's role in meeting the needs at home, what a woman wants from her husband. We've talked about a man's need to feel competent. And there's this conversation that we've been engaging in, Devin, about how a lot of men, you know, can struggle with inferiority complex, feeling inadequate, and, you know, things can get left to the back burner. Or we have a whole generation, especially the millennials, generation, even Gen X, who they were never taught. Some parents said an education was more important and never gave their sons hands-on skills. Others weren't around or didn't necessarily have the patience. But what we see is there are a lot of people who are struggling with skills and when to meet the needs of the family, when to fix the AC yourself, or as you mentioned, put up, you know, reframe a house or fix a refrigerator. Let's talk about some basic skills that would be a good starting place for all men to have in terms of taking care of their home and family. Oh boy. <laughs> wow. Maybe like uh, four that's incredible. Or five here. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, learn basic plumbing. I mean, you know, um, learn how to seat a toilet. You know, I think that's a, a big deal. Learn how to fix a leaky pipe. Um, those would be really good ones because inevitably you're going to have that issue. Um, um, more than learning how to change a light bulb, maybe learn how to do some, you know, just some minor electrical, like putting in, you know, some, you know, like maybe some lights or something like that, you know, just get a taste of it. Maybe have somebody with you because plumbing, you can make a mistake with plumbing and live electrical, <laughs> maybe not. So, you know, um, but I think like, <clears throat> whatever you're you have an affinity this is this is very important a lot of us as guys we have affinity towards certain things so some guys might have an affinity toward hardscaping or landscaping some might have it toward carpentry or framing walls um others it may be plumbing or something like that but try to find out if if and where you have that kind of direction 
and then look around and see what needs to be fixed in the house. Oftentimes for me, I've learned to like things that I've had to do. At first, I didn't like them because I had to do them, but by having to do them and finding out, wow, I can do this, it it gives me that confidence to enjoy doing it, you know? So um, I would just say, look, just don't go too deep. If you don't know electrical, don't try to change out the the breakers on your bus, on your, on your board, you know, you know, and if you're have never done pump plumbing before, don't take on a big project, but you can start small. You know, if the pipe is clogged in the, in the sink, take it apart, you know, go to Menards. You guys got Menards in California. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I love Menards, but, but I think that, Back to those guys who were, oh, Ace Hardware, okay, Uh (laughs) Menards, Menards, but anyway, um, so back to those guys that were commenting earlier, it's really important that those guys hear this, if you have not received something from your dad, go out and find a mentor, Mm -hmm. it's so important, find a mentor so that you can be brave enough to take on these small tasks of plumbing, hardscaping, a little bit of electrical, whatever it is, you know, maybe repairing the dishwasher, get some guys that you trust and you might be jabbed a little bit and made fun of, but that's also good for your humility and all that. Mm-hmm. But I think that the issue here is that dads, by doing it themselves in the baby boomer, boomer generation, they isolated themselves. And by isolating themselves, they isolated their sons. And their sons, now isolated, isolate themselves from work and from engaging in something risky. And mm-hmm. this is where the play it safe guys, and then you combine that with pornography, mm-hmm. because what's going to happen there is you combine that isolation with pornography. Now you've, pornography placates patheticness and pettiness. Let me say again, pornography placates patheticness and pettiness. But if you can teach a man how to pray, he unlocks his power and purpose and you teach him how to pray and work, then that purpose goes really far. So I think that we got to get around other guys. It's so important. This is hard for me. I wanted to keep my weaknesses hidden, but the, but it really, it was crushing me. But once I got, and even in writing, I didn't even know how to write. I didn't even know how to use a, a semicolon. I didn't even know how to break things into paragraphs. And I ended up meeting this guy, Joe Hebert, who is this incredible writer. And we started meeting. I founded a writer's group for my brother. And then I learned. And it was so difficult. It was so challenging. But these guys, they mentored me. And now I've written over 22 books and counting. And how is that? It's because through that weakness, God makes me strong by exposing that weakness to another guy that I can trust. And this is what we got to do on this level, whatever it is, plumbing, electrical, hardscaping, you know, framing up walls, tearing out stuff, whatever. Open your weaknesses up to another guy, get his advice and go to it. And, you know, mistakes will be made, um, but you'll learn so much just as long as you don't kill yourself or your family in the process. (laughs) Right. Be willing to take a risk, but watch what that risk is. And I love where you mentioned that about writing. I mean, how incredible you're an author of a number of books now and look at what that humility led you to and being willing to learn. And it's so beautiful because Joe was so patient with me. It was amazing. Like his patience was off the charts. And what that did is in all those coffee meetings, week after week of sharing our stuff, what happened though was not only did I be- learn how to write, 
but I learned that I was worthy of friendship and also my self-esteem, my self-confidence, all that grew exponentially, exponentially from that relationship. And then it was like, hey, let's broaden this. Let's get other guys involved. And then pretty soon, all that writing and all, this, all these groups, that turned into the Fathers of St. Joseph, which was absolutely crazy. So then it becomes something deeply spiritual and becomes a movement of its own. So you never know where God is going to take you if you open up yourself to be, well, basically be humble enough to reveal your weakness, to gain strength from others. And in that, God will breathe his supernatural strength and take you to a completely new level. Because why? Because as the Blessed Mother says, and this is gospel, God exalts the humble. He raises up the lowly. And as men, if we're if we're always hiding that lowliness, we're always hiding that weakness, if we're always not embracing that humility, we are never going to be exalted. But on the Stephen flip side, Shatt, yeah. if we do Amen. open up, we will be exalted. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Amen. We have comments coming in on skills. People are saying that uh, men should learn. Devin Schatz here with us on Trending with Timory Fathers of stjoseph.org. Uh, let's get some thoughts here. Thomas from Minneapolis, Minnesota has some skills that he thinks all men could you know, learn on having to practice around the house. What are those, Thomas? Welcome to Trending. Hi. Uh, well, after uh, almost 40 years of marriage, let me explain it. If uh, the guy focuses on his hobbies, uh, she'll feel all alone. So the skills that they need to have are things like painting and things like cleaning up the the yard and uh, mowing and doing the things that make her home feel uh, more of a castle. And she'll be she she will feel more confident and secure, knowing that you're providing and protecting her that way. Thomas, I love what you just said, that if you focus on your hobbies, you'll leave your wife feeling alone. But if you focus on developing skills, things such as painting, fixing doors, knowing how to plunge a toilet, that that will make her feel like she, she's living in a castle. I love that. Thoughts, Devin? Oh, I love it. Yeah, he's right on. I mean, the painting, the clean yard, you know, changing a tire, whatever it is, those things are things that all of us pretty much can do. Um, mm-hmm. But we have to practice at them. And I love that, making the house the castle for her. Uh, yeah, it's true. We get focused on our hobbies and we, we, we make her feel alone because we are alone. <laughs> We're yeah. alone by ourselves yeah. because the most, diff- the most difficult thing in, in life is relational transformation. And mm-hmm. men intuitively know this. And because of that, when they don't feel equipped and empowered to do it, they avoid it at all costs. And that's why they bury themselves in their hobbies. We have other comments coming in. I want to touch on some of them. Paul from South Mississippi commented saying, YouTube is a great place for learning how to do things. I agree. You know, if that's an area where you want to go to start to become competent in more things, or you can ask people for help, but also, you know, using these skills, YouTube. Okay, I want to fix my leaky faucet. Here we go. How to to fix your leaky faucet. There was a commercial that went around a couple of years ago. I can't remember what company it was. I think it was... I don't remember, maybe Gillette, but one of them said, you know, go ask your dad. It was a father's dad. Go ask your dad. It was a great idea. You know, ask your dad. You know, we have these skills. We have these resources such as YouTube, but also ask. It helps to bridge this gap of loneliness. Uh, Devin, it's been great having you here on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us, talking about a man's role in the home, helping to meet the needs of his home, and also feel competent in what he's achieving. Numbers 888-914-9149 to join our conversation here. We'll be talking to 
tomorrow about aliens. Maybe you're sick of hearing about them. I kind of am, but I'd like to hear if this would shake your faith if they existed. Check out Devin Shat. In the meantime, fathersofstjoseph.org. We'll post the link on social media in the episode notes.